0: It's a joy to be with you all. Uh, If we haven't met, I am Chris Peter, the new Ruf Campus Minister for Millersville. I got to come and be with you and share a little bit about uh, our work at Millersville a couple of months ago. And it's a joy to be back with you to open up God's Word and to uh, be with you once again. Uh, My wife Kelsey and I moved here at the beginning of June. Uh, We are expecting our first baby uh, at the end of January, and we are uh, in the process of closing on our first home uh, that hopefully will close on December 3rd. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind uh, few months and will continue to be, but we're so grateful to have uh, your support as Providence, uh, especially as we go out and do ministry on the campus at Millersville. It's been a really encouraging semester, and it's been really great to see how God is, is working in the lives of students' hearts uh, through the, the word and, and through the prayers of the saints. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, it, is, it is good to be with you all. This morning we are going to be looking at Psalm 133. But before we turn to the scriptures, I wanted to ask us a question. And that question is, why can't we be friends? If you are familiar with that question, it may be from the hit song, Why Can't We Be Friends, which uh, released in 1975. Uh, and uh, it's it stuck around, I think, uh, in part because it's got a, a catchy tune, uh, but also because I think it's an important question that it's asking. Uh, as I come before you all this morning, in the back of my mind, that question is rolling around. Uh, will we be friends? Are there things that separate us or, or would uh, lead to division uh, between us? As, as you all are gathered here together, uh, some maybe new or some uh, who have been here for, for many years, there are many uh, things that could separate you from being friends, from being united. and And so as we think about uh, what potentially uh, could separate us, we also want to think about what actually can unite us. Uh, this this world we live in is full of, of conflict. Uh, I think we've felt that a little bit more uh, over the last couple of years, heightened sense of conflict. Uh, things that that push in between us to, di- to, divide, it, to divide us, um, whether that's whether or not to get vaccinated or, or something like Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. Or, or something even as, as silly as, as my wife and I have moved to Pennsylvania of Wawa or Sheets. Um, or maybe Rudders. I see a lot of Rudders around this part of uh, Pennsylvania. But, but whether big or small, there are all kinds of things that divide us. And the scriptures speak to us in Psalm 133 and gives us a beautiful reminder of where unity can be found in the midst of a world that is divided. As we look at this psalm, the main thing that I hope we take away is that the the good life, the the truly blessed life, is found in Christ's holiness and is shared with his people. The, The good life is found in Christ's holiness and is shared with his people. Let's turn now to God's word, to Psalm 133. Uh, this can be found in your bulletins, or uh, if you open up your uh, scriptures, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Psalm 133, a song of a sense of David. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Let's go to prayer as we consider God's word for us this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that as we come as, as sinners, as divided people, divided from one another and from you, that we can find life and hope in your word. We pray that you would work now through your Holy Spirit to open our ears and our hearts to, he- to hear of our sin, but to also hear of your Good news in Jesus Christ, that we have grace and life. pray that Jesus would be glorified this day. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, as we look at this psalm, I want to first draw our attention to uh, the little uh, prescripts that I read for you. They're not in your bulletin, uh, but they are in your uh, Bibles if you open up and see them. But it's a little bit of a a context as we uh, enter into this psalm to understand what this psalm's purpose is. The first little prescript given there is that this is a song of ascents. And a song of ascents was a a song that was used by the people of Israel as they ascended up the mountains of Zion into Jerusalem. As they came to to the temple to go into the presence of god the people of god believed it was important to sing about unity and as we come together as the people of god this morning coming into the presence of god in a in a unique and special way this psalm is important for us as well to be reminded of unity the other little prescript that's given there is of David. And, and that almost certainly means that this psalm was written by King David, the great uh, king of, of the Bible that we see uh, as a man of faith. The, the Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. And we're familiar with him from stories like the story of David and Goliath. But as you dig deeper into the life of David... In the Bible, you see that his life was full of conflict. As, as we hear this beautiful psalm picturing unity and, and the, the blessing of it, and we read David's life, we see that there was a great deal of conflict. As a young man who served the king before him, Saul, he was betrayed by Saul. Saul tried to put him to death because he saw him as a threat. And then when David uh, becomes king and he's at the height of his power, he betrays his own faithful servant Uriah, committing adultery with Uriah's wife Bathsheba, and then having him murdered to try and cover it up. And then towards the end of his life, there's bitter conflict in David's own house as his sons uh, Amnon and Absalom feud, as, as Amnon rapes his sister Tamar, and then uh, Absalom murders him uh, in revenge. And then Absalom is not punished properly for the sin. And then Absalom uh, attempts to revolt against David uh, in, in a, a bloody rebellion that ends in Absalom's own death. I recount those hard and, and ugly pieces of David's life, because as we approach This psalm, picturing blessing and unity, I think it's good to be reminded that David wrote this out of a life that was full of conflict. He knew what it was like to experience division and disunity. For us, as we come together this morning in a a broken world full of division, in our own hearts and, and in our lives with family and friends and co-workers. This psalm is important to remind us where unity and blessing is actually found. This, this psalm uh, gives us direction. You know, It, it starts out with a, a proclamation of, Behold! This is important. Pay attention to it. With a strong statement of where blessing is found, that it is good and pleasant when brothers dwell in unity. And I think most of us would agree wholeheartedly with that. It's good when when we dwell in unity with each other. But in, in lives that are often a lot more like David's in terms of conflict and disunity than than lives of blessing and unity with one another. We we ask, how? How do we obtain that blessing? How do we obtain unity? And the psalm directs us first towards the holiness of Jesus Christ. Uh, The first picture given in the psalm uh, in verse 2 to Begin describing where unity uh, can really be found is, is a picture of holiness of, of being made clean the, the The image of oil being poured out on on a head uh, in the ancient near East, a, a time that was uh, a, a place that was uh, very dry and hot and dirty. Uh, oil was used for cleansing. I had a professor in seminary who loved to compare this to a refreshing shower on a hot day. We've uh, finally gotten to a, a time in the seasons where it's a little bit cooler, but uh, this, this past summer was hot. And if you spent time outside uh, doing any kind of activity, you most likely got dirty and, and grimy and smelly. And if you came home or or went to work and you were around other people, they probably didn't want to be around you uh, unless you had a shower to to cleanse you, to to remove that smell, that, that dirt and grime. And for us as people who have broken God's law, we are dirty and an affront to him. We need cleansing. We need to be made holy to come into his presence. The people of Israel needed that. And this picture of what's happening is a picture of the representative of God's people being made holy. Aaron was the first high priest of Israel. And the high priest in in, in the kingdom of Israel was a, a man who represented God's people before them to make sacrifice for them. To, to go in and, and give a blood offering to cover over their offenses. As, as people who are sinners, we are in need of a representative who can come into the presence of God and make a sacrifice on our behalf. As you think about Aaron, I hope that that makes you think about Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ came to be the fulfillment of what Aaron's role was picturing. Jesus Christ comes as the great high priest who is perfectly holy, perfectly clean in the eyes of God, who makes a perfect sacrifice of his own blood to cover over our sins and offenses before God. By faith, Jesus Christ, we are united to Christ, and we have his holiness. We are made clean like this picture of of Aaron being made clean. We can come into the presence of God and be united and with one another. This, This holiness and this this is really a refreshing picture given here, uh, is meant to point us to Jesus and his holiness and where life can really be found. We see the emphasis uh, on life specifically here in this passage as well. In verse 3, as it transitions to, to this picture of Hermon, If you're not familiar with Hermon, Hermon is a mountain that's about 200 miles north of Jerusalem that received a lot of precipitation. In contrast, the mountains of Zion where Jerusalem is located are are a very dry place. And so this picture of dew from Hermon coming to Jerusalem, to the mountains of Zion, is one of life, of water coming to a dry and dead place. When we are found in Jesus Christ, when we have his holiness, we have life as well, life abundant in the midst of a world that is dead, separated from God and from one another. In our lives of division and conflict, we should long for the holiness of Jesus and the life that it gives us. That life that is ours in Christ, that holiness that is ours in Christ, is is essential for us as we think about the nature of unity. But but it's not... uh, that's, that's not where it stops. We're not just told you have life and holiness in Christ. We're also told that that's meant to be shared. That as the people of God, we live together in that life given us by Christ. That at the end of verse 3, that the second half of verse 3, we're told, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. Where is there that blessing and life is found? As we look back in the psalm, I think it's pointing back to that truth at the start that it's good and pleasant when brothers dwell in unity. That's then explained in light of Jesus Christ that as we're unified in Christ and in his holy representative that we have life. As so we come to the New Testament, there's all kinds of references in the scriptures to being one in the body of Christ. That is, we find life in Christ, we share that life and that body with fellow believers. We cannot escape the reality of life together as believers even though it's challenging Kelsey and I are are on the process of of buying a new home Uh, and part of the reason why we want to buy that we want to be here we want to be rooted and grounded and have a a place to host students but in the apartment that we've been living in we've had upstairs neighbors Uh, and sometimes these neighbors will get up in the middle of the night and uh, and walk around and uh, the floors are very loud. And so that will wake us up in the middle of the night. And that's been a challenge of living in the same place. And so we're, that's part of why we're moving to a different house. I think a lot of times we have that sense as Christians that, that when we experience challenges with one another, we want to get up and move and find life somewhere else. But what we are given in the scriptures is that Life in Christ means life with one another in all of its challenges. We're called to dwell together, and one day we will live together forever uh, with perfect unity. But in the meantime, we are called to move towards one another because we share life together as we think about how to apply that life, that holiness of Christ that's ours and and sharing it, there's a a few things I think I want to emphasize. The first is that we, we, we should stop looking for life in places other than Christ. There are all kinds of promises about where life can be found in the world around us. I don't know what uh, are most the most appealing uh, promises that this world has to offer you, but there are a lot. Things like if you have perfect health, that if you can maintain your physical body, that that's what blessing is going to come through. Or, or if I get enough personal freedom, that if I can do what I want, I can find blessing. Or if I have enough power a political power or social power that i can find blessing and those things aren't necessarily bad but when those things become our source of life rather than christ's holiness we quickly find not blessing but division and disunity we're called to 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 give up those those idols and pursue life in Jesus Christ to see those things in light of Christ we need to stop finding life in something other than Jesus this the the second I think we can find application from in this passage is to emphasize unity as the body of Christ. It can be really easy to think about the life we have in Jesus and to think that's, that's primarily about me or maybe the people that are closest to me and, and miss the reality of that everyone who has faith in Jesus are one in him. As we are reminded of that reality, that we all have life together, I hope that we are encouraged to move towards one another in grace, that the life that Jesus has offered to us in his goodness and his mercy that we did not deserve because of our sin, that we can move towards those who, who are difficult, who maybe even wrong us, and to extend that grace to them as Jesus has. Know that this is our family. To, to prioritize that. To know that, that the blessing described in this psalm, the blessing, the fullness of blessing in Jesus Christ, does not come without unity as brothers and sisters in Christ. The last thing that I I think we can apply from this text this morning is that this unity is meant to draw in the world around us. Unity is intended to be a picture for the world around us. That is divided. The picture of of Herman, uh, the dew of Herman, the water of Herman coming to Jerusalem, is a beautifully compelling picture. It's it's water and life coming to a dry and broken place that draws in unity in the body of Christ. Does the same thing in a divided world. That is we pursue one another in the love of Christ as we emphasize that our holiness is only in Jesus, that our life is in Jesus, that we become beautiful to the world around us. That's not always how it happens, but but that should be our desire, that our life in Christ would be going out to the world around us, that we would take that grace to a lost and divided world as we think back about that that opening question of why can't we be friends, the reality the scriptures give us is that we can't be friends because of sin. But we can be friends because of the holiness of Christ that is ours through faith. in this world that's full of conflict and disunity, let's come back again and again to Jesus Christ, to the life, life abundant that is ours and shared in the midst of a world that is divided. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your scriptures. Thank you that you comfort us and encourage us in them with the hope of life in Jesus. In the midst of this divided world, I pray that this congregation of Providence Presbyterian would be united by faith in Jesus to one another and live as your people that would be uh, encouraging and a blessing to one another and to the world around them, too, to this place, to York. We thank you that your spirit is working in us, uniting us to Jesus Christ and to one another. Pray that your spirit would bear fruit from this word. Pray that you would bless us as we go out. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.